It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. With sports betting season in full force with football here, you need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS. You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sports book industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. That is B-E-T-U-S dot com. And they have loads of bonuses. Join now or call 1-800-69-BETUS. That is 800-MY-BETUS. You receive 125% sign-up bonus by using bonus code SST125. That's SST125. They have re-up and referral bonuses. Also, BetUS is known among America's favorite sportsbook for lots of reasons. Bet on team and player props, loads of NFL futures, UFC matches, PGA golf, live betting on most sports. The online casino has hundreds of games. The race books has all the horse tracks. They have every bet type imaginable. Follow my lead and get your phone online and sports betting partner with integrity and longevity like I did. BetUS. You bet. You win. You get paid. Bet U.S. And a welcome in, everybody, to ACC Football and Beyond. I am Chris Landry, welcoming you to our weekly look at ACC Football. Getting inside the film room, uh, breaking it down for you, as we always like to say, um, we give you that look from a coaching and scouting viewpoint that is an alternative look that will give you a better feel for what's truly going on inside the world of college football. And we try to break it down by conference. If you're not familiar with our show, we encourage you to do a couple of things. First of all, sign up for the Landry Football Podcast channel. And uh, that'll make sure that you get this show, as well as the other shows that I do. Um, I do a show for every conference. Some of them are part of the Landry Football Podcast channel. Some of them just sign up for the name of the show, and that'll get you there. Make sure that we you can get the NFL shows, the national college shows, the uh, conference shows. We got it all for you there at uh, 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 over at LandryFootball.com is where you can access them all. So it's if you miss it or you forget it, you go to LandryFootball.com, and you can see how to sign up. You can click and just watch it and uh, listen to it, rather, right there. Uh, but certainly it'll give you uh, everywhere in all the information that you need. If you are um, so inclined, we'd love to have you join us. Uh, Bring about questions on the show. That's what we do this show live for so that we can interact with you inside the chat room. So bring it uh, to us, and uh, we'll answer your questions during the course of the show 
or, you know, in the mailback segment towards the end, we'll try to integrate them in. But uh, also LandryFootball.com, a reminder there. Uh, it's where you can not only get all the podcasts, but you can get all the detailed inside information, all the film room nuggets, all the information. We got it all for you at LandryFootball.com. So check that out today. Uh, you can get the football season discounts, the best savings that we have. And um, I think that would be really, really good to do. Um, want to remind you a couple of things um, about what we're going to do today. Want to get into kind of the the normal stuff. We want to talk a little bit about kind of, uh, and I'm going to focus a little bit on that. And we'll take your questions. We'll see how many you have. We know the the ACC's down this year. We're going to talk about some, uh, give out some game balls of the week. We're going to go through some of the games and probably touch on all of them. Certainly the Coastal favorite now being Pitt and what makes them good and um, the favorite in the Coastal at this point. Big win this past week. And then is NC State the Atlantic favorite? (laughs) Are we really saying that? Are they the favorite over Clemson? It it appears so, but still some football left. We're going to get into some of the recaps, go over next week's games, but then we're going to talk about some coaches in trouble uh, and what's going on um, with those situations and where might be the fits and what have you. Uh, <clears throat> some news and notes. Um, at Miami, we have – had this over at LandryFootball.com in our notebooks that um, D. Wiggins, the receiver, and Mark Pope, the receiver, were expected to enter the transfer portal. And my understanding is that they have. I know they've left the program. I don't know if they've officially entered the portal. Uh, I know that Clemson safety Joseph Charleston is entering the portal as well. I know that Cameron Harris, the running back at Miami, is out for the year. Uh, and I know that the freshman quarterback, Jake Garcia, is recovering from an ankle surgery uh, and so, um, and I know that over at North Carolina, Caffrey Brown has entered the portal and, um, the redshirt junior quarterback at Syracuse, Tommy DeVito has entered the transfer portal with Garrett Trader taking over at quarterback. So all that news and notes you can get over at LandryFootball.com even more so not only just in the ACC, but around the country. Um, <clears throat> I want to talk a little bit at the top about some of the programs that are in trouble. Miami is one of them. The only issue at Miami going on right now is whether they are willing to spend the money on a buyout. Um, You know, um, I think that um, if you look at the problems that they've had, in terms of development, in terms of coaching changes. I think the recruiting has been good. Um, I think that the development's been poor. I think the strategical development, I think the player development has been very inconsistent. It is a program that while they have money, they don't have as much money as maybe people might think. If you look at the history and the success of the program um, over the years, and it's been a while, of course, you have an expectation level that they are spending a lot more money than they really are. I do think they have resources. 
I don't think Manny Diaz is the type of coach that they need. I think they need a stronger leader at head coach. I think they need a better football coach. I think they need to have a better staff. I think they're laxed in all of those areas. It is a very mediocre ACC that this Miami team is having a hard time competing against. I, I mean, they're competing, but they should be running away with this division. I mean, you can look at North Carolina's underachieving, Virginia Tech is underachieving, but sure as hell Miami is underachieving. Um, it's going to be an interesting move, and the program is at the level to where it is not as appealing as it once was. And so they're going to have to make a decision on where they want to go. But first, before they, and I think that cutting ties with Manny Diaz is inevitable, but what I don't know is that they're going to be able to go out and hire a coach that's going to be able to make a difference. And therein lies the problem. It could be not saying that you settle for the status quo, but I am saying that you have to look at everything from the standpoint of what type of guy is the right fit. And I think you better have your plan in place. So I'm not suggesting that they don't make a move, but I am suggesting that they use their money wisely and they put forth the energy level and the financial resources to get someone that is a really good football coach that can develop, lead, coach the coaches, have a level of discipline and structure that is not there. I think very often they get kids in that Florida area. A lot of them come from backgrounds that don't have a lot of structure. So if you don't have a good culture in a disciplinary structure in your program, that program becomes more undisciplined in, because they're less self-policing and they need more structure and guidance in that regard. It's not an easy job, and it's the one that's going to be quite a bit of a challenge. I'm very curious to see what Virginia Tech does. <clears throat> I asked if Miami drops the next two games to NC State and Pitt, would you anticipate that's going to be it for Miami? Well, Jake, as I mentioned, I think there's evidence that um, that it's going to be it, and, and I think that anything short of winning both of those games, I'm not even sure that winning both of those games would be enough to convince me that he's the answer, but it might be enough to keep his job. I think I'm going to go back to what I just said. Um, you've got to look at the whole body of work and not just the, you know, look at what's leading to that. I mean, if they're able to win those games, then you've got to ask yourself, what's leading to the inconsistency that allows you to be back and forth and, you know, on, on certain things that, that creates the inconsistency where you can play well one week, all that would prove to me would, what the potential is. The potential and what's reality and what you're able to consistently produce are often two different things. The issue for Miami 
is not can they find a better coach than Manny Diaz. They can. Will they pay for it? Will they do the right things? Will they be patient enough? That's what I don't know. That's what they've got to answer. Virginia Tech's going to be interesting to watch because they're very conservative athletic department and program. They routinely and systematically do things in a certain way, which means not flashy. Um, it is a really good program with a lot of potential. I am very disappointed in how Justin Fuentes been unable to create any consistency and certainly not even reach the level to where you can say, look at the high water mark and how good it's been. He hadn't even reached that. It hasn't been good. And I can't sit here and tell you that it's going to get any better. But I do think there again, it becomes one of those where they want to go. Look, I, I said it for South Carolina. If I was South Carolina and I'm in the SEC and I'm trying to make a splash, and I admit I'd have to sit down, look them straight in the eye, and be comfortable with it, and so it's a little bit unfair for me to say, but but just I would I would have if I were South Carolina, I would have done one of two things. I would have gone with the guy that's a really good coach that has stability and I'm going to build a developmental program, and I'm going to be happy with what I am, and and, and I'm going to go hire Jamie Chadwell. To what I would have done. If I want to make a splash, if I want to do something at South Carolina, that, hey, I got to do something to get players to come here and to accelerate the playmaking capabilities and the schematic advantages and the tempo advantages to make me better than what this program at South Carolina normally is, then I would have gone ahead and roll the dice with you freeze. That's what I would have done. Now, I understand that comes with some risk. I get that. That comes with some criticism that maybe it's not ready for him to come back in. And I get all that. I'm talking football. They didn't go in either direction, and they've got a guy that that is – you know, nothing wrong with the four wins that South Carolina has. I think they may get to, to five, but I don't think Shane Beamer is going to be the long-term answer at South Carolina. One of those other two in completely polar opposites would have been much better hires. For Virginia Tech, what do you want to do? Do you want to get the similar version of maybe a Jamie Chadwell type of guy that can be a similar, but maybe a little bit more uh, aggressive, um, fun, um, explosive version of, say, what Virginia does with Bronco Mendenhall, I think that's a way to go. That's more their personality. That's more of a fit. There's been a lot of talk, but, you know, right there in, in Virginia, Hugh Freeze, and, you know, would it make sense at Virginia Tech? Boy, I think he would shake things up at Virginia Tech, no doubt. It's not really been Virginia Tech's personality as an administration. They don't really like that type of guy. 
They like more of the button-up stuff, and I don't know. If somebody there sits with you freeze and feels comfortable with them, don't know. <laughs> Is there a little bit of that, everybody's got it now, the little bit of the snooty, we're going to hire somebody from a smaller school in Virginia at Virginia Tech. Sometimes you got to get over yourself. Don't know. Or do they stick another season with Justin Fuente? Now, the one thing about the future with Justin, um, is he hasn't, his relationship with the Virginia Tech administration hasn't been that good. I mean, it's not bad, but there there've been some friction. So how does that factor into it? I mean, the patience that they may have for one guy may, may be running out with him. So I think that is something we need to watch. I, it just... Other than Sean Tucker's outstanding and they made the move to the right quarterback, I just don't see it with Dino at all. Dino Babers has not been able to recruit, and I know it's tough to recruit, and the identity crisis of being in the ACC at Syracuse doesn't help. There again, do you make a splash? Do you go and sell yourself at, and go get a, a, a you know, somebody that that can – recruit at a at a level and you know I don't think you freeze is a fit at a place like Syracuse personally but uh, and I'm not sure that he'd be as interested there but you know what you've got to be able to think outside the box at Syracuse you've got to find a way to be creative you got to find a way you're either going to be a developmental program and you're going to be well coached week in and week out which this team is not or you're going to have to go and get somebody that is a really good recruiter, can put together a pretty good staff and, and have some spikes and, you know, even out the, well, we can maybe get to an eight, nine win, but then, then we're going to be back to six and seven and, and be okay with that. It's tough to get a guy that can do both. You're going to have to get an up and comer, which was Dino was, but Dino inherited some pretty good talent. He had the one good year and it has not been good since they've not there again. Don't expect Syracuse to have that type of year every year. But Syracuse has gone from really, really good, where people thought they were the next year thought they should be the second best team in that count in that division. And they have been the bottom. They have been the, the worst program in that division. They have bottomed out, and it's like they're they're digging a hole to go even lower in the bottom. Yet they occasionally get some good players, but play well. Play Clemson well. I mean, they play. It's it's just there's no growth at all in that program, uh, save for an occasional few good players. I just you know I don't know that there's a real good answer. I've mentioned out. I wonder if um, Doug Marone going back there would be something that he would entertain. He's certainly done the best job there. It's very difficult to go back and replicate what you did before. Um. I, I, I'm not. I, I don't know that he'd have the same success that he did before, personally, and I don't know that he'd want to go back. But um, they've got to look at that very seriously. I think it's getting close. I don't know that it's this year, although I'm 
it might be at Duke for Cut to move on. I think he wanted to have a little bit more success to turn it over to his trusty coordinator defensively. But I don't know that he's there. Uh, that's one we need to look at. Uh, I think it's a little bit too early for Jeff Halfley to move on to another job. He has certainly done a phenomenal job. I think he'll get opportunities for better jobs, and he might get one this year. But there again, I'd like to see for – not for his sake, but, I mean, just for the overall sake of where he might go, um, where he could – maybe do that a little bit more consistently at BC. And I think he's a fast track guy, which is, by the way, when you look at Syracuse, you say, well, you can't do it there. You know, Shannon's not killing it at Rutgers, and it's going to be tougher the second time around for him. But you see some progress being made in recruiting. Jeff Halfley, I mean, are you, I mean, are you kidding me? At BC, you, you're, you're telling me you got more challenges at Syracuse than at BC? Uh No. Jeff Halfley's a better coach. He's a better recruiter. He's knows how to craft things in the transfer portal very well. His teams play well. They're fundamentally sound. They got their asses handed to them against NC State. It was fairly close for a half. And they got killed. I get that. But look at the overall body work. It's been pretty good. Pretty trendy. Everyone at programs like that are going to have those days where they get the rear end handed to them. It's a program that's going to see their share of that. But if you can mitigate that to some degree and you can have some spikes of consistency of success, that's what I want to see out of Jeff. So can Syracuse find their guy like that? Um, and sometimes they're guys that change of scenery. We've seen what Dave Clawson's done at Wake Forest. He doesn't have a great program. And I said it. I think Wake's going to lose either two out of their last three games or three out of their last three. It's coming for them. But that doesn't mean that he hasn't done a good job. On the contrary, he's done a great job. But it, it's not he hasn't built a power, but he's embraced the transfer portal. And he coaches well, and he can implement guys well. That's what you have to do. That's what Syracuse needs. You have to be able to get guys from the transfer portal, mix it in with a Sean Tucker. You've got to develop very well. There's no reason why they can't be middle of the pack of the ACC. They don't have the right guy to do it. You got to find that right guy. Appreciate Jake joining us, and uh, I'm gonna spell. I'm gonna pronounce it wrong. Four card Ahmed. Okay, four card Ahmed. I hope I said that right. I uh, said, so did you already talk about Jeff Collins at Georgia Tech? I have not. I'm not sure about his progress and player development. Four card Ahmed. Um, you've got a point. You've got a good point, is what I meant to say. Big fan of Jeff Collins. Love the hire. Encourage the hire. Knows the program. Like him as a coach. I'm surprised he hasn't made more of a dent in recruiting. He's got some good players, but not enough. Georgia, you can recruit Georgia now. And you can just recruit the players that the University of Georgia does not want or most of the SEC does not want and still get a number of good players. You have to find those right guys. And then you have to maybe get into right now, they are not recruiting players 
that want to play SEC ball for the most part. There's some exceptions, but mostly not. Two, they're not recruiting the same players that the elite of the ACC is recruiting. Well, if you do that, then you're going to have to really be next-level developmental. And and they're not. They're not as – look, Virginia's having a bad year. But, but we know what – what they've been able to do there in, in this success. If we know, we just talked about with Wake. Uh, we've seen Duke have some spikes. We're not seen that with Jeff. Um, look, I, it, it, it's tough. I want to preach patience, but I want to say, Jeff, you've got to give them something to get excited about in Atlanta with, with Georgia Tech football. And we've seen little bits of it, right? Little bits, but boy, not a whole lot to get excited about. I'm not seeing consistency. Um, and, I, you know, I don't expect it to be fixed by now. But I expected to see a few more pieces in place. Um, it's difficult because I would think that I expect them to come back. I expect them to make some changes, but boy, they better hit it and what I worry about a program like that is, you know, can you put enough infrastructure into where somebody that can at least build off of what Jeff has done? And I hate it because sometimes you're a year away, but you're a year away six years in and it becomes difficult. Uh, I think there's some good players there. I don't think there's enough of them. I think they've done a good job developing in some areas, but for the most part, they have not. And I think that's kind of why they are. I mean, they are they are not. They're 2-2 two and two in the league, 3-3 three and three overall. Let's see how that finishes up. They've got Virginia this week. Big game. Virginia Tech, Miami, B.C., Notre Dame, I don't expect to win Georgia. I expect those games to be blowouts. So you got Virginia, a winnable game. Miami, a winnable game. BC, a winnable game. Virginia Tech, maybe less so, but possible. They've got one, two, three, four games, the next four games. I mean, you're going to end up two and six in the conference, three and seven. That's going to be hard to sell. To four-card Ahmed, I'm guessing. And everyone else that's a, a supporter of this program and the administration. I think you got to come out. I think you come out of it with two wins, two losses out of those four. You end up, you know, four and four, five and five. And end up five and seven, losing to Georgia, Notre Dame and Georgia. You're not happy with five and seven. I just, you know, I'm just trying to say that you're not going to get to six and six. And I don't see that happening. You win three of those, then they're really excited because then you get bowl eligible. And that's just, that's great. But five and seven, you can sell, look, we're, we're, we're making some progress. I just don't know that the recruiting is going to be as good as maybe some of us thought. And so that's 
that's where I would have the issues. I don't think Jeff is going to get run this year. I don't. But if you're Jeff, I wouldn't lose out the rest of the way. Or three and eight, three and nine might be a different story. Uh, let's get into some of the discussions of this this week in conference. I got to tell you that if you go based on individual film grade performances, the MVP of the conference has been Brendan Armstrong of Virginia. He consistently gets game balls weekend. He's just been outstanding. Dual threat guys, the best player maybe nobody knows. Sean Tucker had another great game for Syracuse. The running backs, freshman back is just just simply outstanding. Josh Downs, North Carolina is very, very good. Um, really, really good receiver. Um, Tavion Wicks, the Virginia sophomore receiver, Louisiana kid, did a really good job. I thought played well. I thought uh, Bobby Haskins, the senior left tackle from Virginia, did a good job. Thought Manny Alonzo, the senior defensive end from Virginia, from Miami, Florida area, um, played well. I thought Cedric Gray played well for the Tar Heels. And I thought uh, Pitts, Eric uh, Hallett, did a really good job. I'm looking at the conference. And I'm going to do the power rankings here a little bit. Uh, I would put Duke looks the worst right now. They look worse than plus three games in a row. They started three and one due to the record. They got wake after a bye week. They look the worst on film. Syracuse is competing. I'll give them that. They're competing. They're three and four. Um, they outgain Clemson. They're, they're playing pretty well. I just don't know again where the future is. I the, like it could be four losses in a row going to Virginia Tech. We'll see. But I'll put Duke. Then I'll put Syracuse. Then I'd probably. I don't know. I'd. I'd probably put Florida State two and four there. They they're going to get a win against UMass. I think they're getting better, but they're still a long way as an overall program. Miami's a better team. They're better personnel. Um, they lost the heartbreaker against North Carolina. You know they're trying things. There's no consistency, no continuity. Um, NC State. That's going to be an interesting game um, to see how they compete uh, against NC State. That's a really good team that's looking like they're the clear favorite in the Coastal, in the Atlantic. Georgia Tech, we just talked about. They were off the weekend after defeating Duke a couple of weeks ago. Uh, They've got Virginia this week, as I mentioned. You know, and uh, so we'll see. As I mentioned, Tech, Miami, B.C., Notre Dame, and Georgia. So we'll, we'll see what they can do and how Jeff um, Sims can continue to develop. Then I'd put Virginia Tech. Still disappointing Virginia Tech's play. Um, Pitt handled them. Wasn't really that close. I thought it'd be a more competitive game. It was not. They're three and three. They got Georgia Tech, as I mentioned. Um, they got they got Syracuse. They got Georgia Tech, BC, Duke, Miami, and Virginia. Again, pivotal stretch for Justin Fuente. 
the Cardinals were off the weekend after back-to-back losses against Wake and Virginia. You know, um, team that's been inconsistent. I, I'm wondering about the buy-in over there. North Carolina, man, they narrowly got by Miami. They they look like they're lost and trying to figure it out. That's another case of, look, they've lost a lot of talent. You know, it's one thing. Looks great over there, right? But then, you know, it levels out. Consistency. I probably then put BC. <clears throat> um, I think Grossell's done a good job. I, look, I... They start at 4-0 in non-conference games. They've dropped their first two games against ACC opponents. They were killed by NC State. I get it. Um, so I know it's they're, they're a little bit overrated in terms of who they've beaten. But they play hard. They play well. They're well coached. Um, I'm curious to see what they do against Louisville. And I probably put Virginia, Wallop Duke, uh, Brendan Armstrong we just talked about. Then I'd probably believe it, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but so I've studied and looked at it. I'd probably put Clemson. We know Clemson has more potential, and Clemson is still number one in terms of overall talent. But they look like right now no better than the fourth best team. They got Pitt this week. We'll see. More talented than Pitt. They're not playing as good as Pitt. Let's see if they take care of business. Um, that game is on the road for them, traveling to Pitt. Then I'd put Pitt. Um, played very well this past week. Kenny Pickett's been outstanding. The offense has been as good as anybody in the country. Um, you know, they ran the football pretty well. Uh, Abana Deconda is, is a good back. I, I like this offense. Then that, you know, them and NC State, I put close. You know, uh, the Wolfpack won their fourth straight. I actually think Pitt and NC State are better than Wake. But Wake deserves to be mentioned as number one, so I'm going to keep them. But but NC State's playing pretty well. They've won their four straight, defeated BC. Um, they've got a little bit more talent. They get the, they, they take on Miami. Then, um, you know, I think we'll see. Then Wake, it's the only undefeated team in the conference. Uh, they're ranked 16th. Um, remember, they Syracuse played them well. Wake beat them in overtime. We'll see how it plays out. That's kind of how I, uh, I I see it right now. I do think the back end of their schedule is out. Finish up. They've got, um, of course, Army this week, Duke, then North Carolina, and I think they should be able to handle those. Uh, North Carolina can be tricky, but but I think they could win those next two, uh, next three. And then NC State, Clemson, and BC, and I think there's probably two, two losses out of that group. Uh, I really do see that. Um, you know, going forward, um, I see this Wake team having a, a tougher uh, stretch run and the tougher challenges um, the rest of the way. As I mentioned, though, in this game this past week, Pitt was really good uh, this past week against Virginia Tech. I thought the running game was was uh, was better. Pickett's been outstanding, no question. Um, uh, running a lot of 12 personnel, they're very successful there. Jared Wayne had a big day. Was was a was a big factor. Um, a lot of good things on offense kept wet Virginia Tech on their heels a little bit. I uh, thought the receivers had a sloppy performance um, early, but they they really rallied around it. Virginia Tech defense is is um, is really good. I'm seeing a lot of positives. 
Um, you're starting to see them play pretty good defensively consistently. It's the offense, which is where Justin is, how they're going to fix that. Um, the Pitts offensive line, um, uh, you know, the, the Tech offensive line didn't get any push when they needed to in this game. Um, and so I think it's, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a problem that I'm curious to see how they fix it. Where's the answers on offense, the offensive line running backs have been pretty good. The receivers have been a little bit better. Um, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see where it goes. I'm starting to think, you know, people have asked me and I mentioned it. I do think Virginia tech's going to get another year. I do think they're going to give him another year. It's not definite. But I'm curious to see how they fix it the rest of this year and going forward. But that's one we got to watch. If they completely fall apart the rest of the way, then, again, all bets are off. NC State, as I mentioned, was dominant over BC. I thought Devin Leary was outstanding. I thought Devin Barkin was really, really good. Some of my film grade uh, thoughts. Um, Isaiah Moore was very, very good. Um, Every time it looks like BC was going to make a big play, um, Isaiah Moore was was incredible. Um, he's an impact defensive player, lots of stops, big-time playmakers. Thayer Thomas is very, very good. Um, you know, I thought uh, Derek Eason did a really good job. And, uh, you know, the, the BC offense was really disappointing. I thought Grozel got off to a good start in the first half, uh, but they really, really struggled as the game went away. The running backs didn't have a – particularly good game. The receivers and tight ends really struggled. The offensive line, I thought for a half played pretty well, but really struggled in the second half. Uh, defensively, they 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 gave up a lot in that second half. It's, this was a game that was actually really close for a half that really struggled. Clemson, again, um, we kind of went over the Clemson and the Syracuse angle a good bit. Um, Virginia, again, was dominant over a Duke team that really had no answers. Um, Miami, um, you know, um, we're seeing the problems at quarterback, the health at quarterback, um, Charleston Rambo's, uh, Ram, Rambo has been a big bright spot for them. There's not a whole lot, um, that they're getting done defensively in terms of big playmaking ability. I think James Williams, uh, is a really freakish looking athlete that I'd like to see him become more and more of a factor. Um, Jalen Knighton is a running back that I think could become a bigger factor. Cameron Harris with the injury, he should get more work. Jared Williams, uh, what's the team's identity? Every time I watch him, I make notes. What's the identity? I just don't think that, um, you know, um, a lot of things question me. It looks like leadership changes is one of them. Um, you know, I think North Carolina, Defending the run was a problem. Um, I think they've got some skill position pat talent, um, but they're not playing consistently um, good enough. Uh, Jake asked, do you think Justin Ross looks like he's back to full form physically? I wouldn't say back to full form, but he's certainly getting better and better. And that's the key for maybe Clemson getting back and maybe uh, with a little bit of help now taking over um, – the Atlantic again, because I still think that they're the most talented team. We'll see how that plays out, though. Um, BC's at Louisville. Clemson's at Pitt. FSU, UMass, Georgia Tech, Virginia. NC State, Miami. 
um, Syracuse, Virginia Tech, North Carolina, the bye, and Wake Scott Army. So that's a look. We'll certainly have all the film room breakdowns for you over at LandryFootball.com, conference by conference, so you're going to be able to see all the ACC games broken down there. Well, sorry about getting knocked off for a little bit. We appreciate you joining us. And uh, we encourage you to uh, check out LandryFootball.com. Sign up for Landry Football Podcast Channel to get all the shows that we have for you. Appreciate you. Talk to you again next time, everybody. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.